Mindfulness Mode 167. For mindfulness, I think more about goal setting, which I generally do either just like in my mind or maybe write it down or maybe talk to someone about it. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I am really excited today because I have Gabrielle Foran on the line today. Hey, Gabrielle, are you in Mindfulness Mode? Yes, I am, Bruce. That's great. Gabrielle is a juggler, and we're going to hear all about what Gabrielle does with this incredible athletic feat, which I think is amazing, and I also believe that it's a very mindful practice, but we're going to hear all about it from Gabrielle. So before we talk about this specific sport, Gabrielle, what does mindfulness mean to you? Um, To me, mindfulness is a mindset where you're aware of what you're doing. And while you're doing something or while you're planning to do the activity, you're thinking about what you're doing and why you're doing it. I can only imagine how you kind of moved from being one kind of an athlete into the field of joggling. And so I can't wait to learn about that. And Mindful Tribe, I won't keep you in the dark. Gabrielle is a world champion joggler. And joggling is when you jog and juggle at the same time. So now you know why I believe it's such a mindful sport, because you must be so focused in order to do that, I'm sure. And also, I'm sure this is good for the brain. So were you a runner before or did you practice some other uh, form of sport? I started joggling about three years ago. But mm-hmm. before that, and even I guess to this day, I've been a competitive runner for about like nine years before I started juggling. Okay. So I did that for a while. I also did a few other sports during high school. And like when I was younger, for example, I've done swimming, I've done figure skating, and I've done soccer. But running and juggling have been, I guess, my main focus for the past few years. Right. So you've been running for quite a while. So what got you into it? Have you always loved running or was there some specific thing that got you connected with that sport? I didn't really start doing a lot of competitive running until I was in grade eight. But like Mm -hmm. before that, the first, I guess, race that I ever did was when I was in grade four, I did um, cross country at my school. And it was kind of funny because at the time cross-country was available for students like grade three to grade eight at my school. But when I was in grade three, I thought that running was a waste of time. So I wasn't interested in doing it. But then the next year I did it and enjoyed it. So I guess I changed my mind. (laughs) What do you think made you change your mind? Was it the feeling that you got as you did it or something else? Well, first of all, I guess I was just curious about trying it. So I like went to the practices. Those are basically just run around the schoolyard for like 10 minutes. And some of the other students like couldn't do the whole, um, like run for the whole time. I was able to, but I think that's because I did a few other sports. So I was fit and I just enjoyed running, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you got running around the schoolyard a few times and, and then how did you move on to the next step? When I was in grade eight, I ended up joining a track club in Woodstock, which is where I lived at the time. Mm -hmm. And then 
so I guess that was the start of doing a lot of actual, like, more competitive running. And then I joined my high school cross-country team and did high school running. And when I started university, I went to the University of Guelph and I was on the varsity team there for a couple of years, but then stopped doing that. And it was during that time where I actually got into juggling. And then now I go to McMaster University and um, I went here to do my PhD and I still had a couple of years of university eligibility left to do sports. So I did cross engine track there. Well, so let's back up a bit. You you kind of skipped over this part where you got started with joggling. When was the first time? Take us back to that day, the first time you discovered this sport. Okay, so the, I didn't actually try it this day, but the first day that I, um, I guess what made me get into it was in November 2012. It was while I was doing my master's. And me, a couple of professors, and another student who was working on a similar project to me, we were actually in Sudbury because we were meeting with a company that sponsored the research. Mm-hmm. And while we were waiting to go to a meeting, the other student, he's a juggler, and he was juggling in the lobby. And the summer before that, I'd actually like learned how to juggle. So I've tried a bit of juggling too. And then that's when he challenged me to a 5K juggling race that we would do at some point in the future. Okay. And that's the basically the story of how I got into juggling. Because at that time, I'd like never heard of it. He had done it before, but he didn't run that much. So that's the reason he made it a 5K, so that because I was already a runner. Maybe something that like I was good at, plus he was good at juggling. So we weren't actually quite sure who would win that kind of competition at that point. Right. So that was a challenge. And the first time I actually tried juggling was a couple months later, January 2013. I tried to do it after one of my runs, but it didn't really go very well because it was pretty cold outside. And I already like stopped running. So probably mm-hmm. it was really cold. So, and I couldn't really do it. So it didn't last very long. I didn't really start trying to practice it seriously until like March 2013 when it was warmer out. Okay. And then you got started with it. And then uh, tell me about that. Was it really, really tough at first or did it seem fairly easy? At first it was kind of hard because when I first started doing it, I looked at the ball. So it was actually pretty hard to see around like where you were going as you were running. Right. And when I first started doing it, I didn't have as much practice of it. And I was worse at juggling than I currently am. So I dropped the ball quite a bit. Right. But after a few weeks of practicing, I got to the point where I could actually use runs where I was juggling at, and count them as actual training runs. Because I was finally at the point where I was going fast enough. I was like, okay, this is a workout. This is the first couple of times that was not the case. Okay. And okay. the race that my um, friend had first proposed and like what got me into juggling that we we ended up doing that on June 1st, 2013. So it was me, him, and then one other friend who was a juggler. And we did this 5K juggling race. Mm-hmm. I ended up winning, except I dropped the ball. Like, I don't even know how many times I dropped the ball. It was a lot. Okay. But I still ended up winning just because mm-hmm. I was fast enough at running that it worked out. Right. And that was my first time doing like a race type thing in juggling. Right. And later that summer, so on July 20th, I competed for the first time at the International Juggling Association, so IJA, 
um, juggling championships. And that's okay. when I got my first world record. It was in the six, the women's three ball, 1600 meter. I ran it in um, 5.58, which beat the previous record that was set in um, 1989 by 19 seconds. Wow. By 19 seconds. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Wow. And so this has been around for some time. When did people first start doing this juggling? Um, I'm not really sure. I know that the IJA has had their championships at least since the 80s, but okay. I don't know the actual origin of the sport. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm assuming it was just some person who juggled being like, oh, look, I can run while doing this. And then. Okay, and not only can you do it, but you must enjoy doing it because I can't imagine, you know, to keep it up, keep it up if you really don't enjoy the feeling of doing it. Is that right? Yes, I do enjoy doing it. I already liked running and it's pretty similar, so it's not that much of a stretch. Well, I have had people tell me that they like running, but they find it kind of boring. And I mean, if you find running boring, I would think juggling would take care of that problem, wouldn't it? Um, Juggling is a bit different in the sense that um, I guess it kind of gives you something else to pay attention to. You do have your balls. But I don't know, I usually don't find running boring, so sometimes if I get kind of bored of running the same place for a while, I can do jogging, it's a bit different, but I like them both. So what would you say to somebody that says they find running boring? What advice would you give them? I would give them advice to try something different. So for example, if they are always running the same pace or always running the same location, try doing something like intervals or try running somewhere different or even discovering something new. Something that I like about running is if you go on a trip, for example, and you want a good way to see the area, running yes. could be a way to do that because it's a bit faster than walking. So you'll actually have to see more in the same period of time. And it would kind of take away a bit from that boring element that some people experience. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Do you sometimes run on a treadmill? I've actually never ran on a treadmill. You always run well, then you always run either outside or in, do you sometimes run on an indoor track? Yes, I've competed in your track a couple of years, so I do. I have done that. And what do you prefer? Running outside. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. So do you, now that you're experienced and, and obviously a world champion at this, do you joggle in the winter when it's very, very cold now? The first winter that I actually tried to kind of joggle all year long was this past winter. And it right. didn't end up being very cold most of the days. So if I was planning on joggling maybe three, like two to four runs per week, it actually didn't end up being that hard to choose them on days where it was not that cold because it's definitely more difficult to joggle when it's cold because you have a few options. Since you need to use your hands to have balls, mittens don't really work, I find. Okay. I mean, it's hard to throw and catch the balls properly. Gloves mm-hmm. are okay, but they're still more slippery than bare hands. And it can be too cold to run with like nothing on your hands. Right. It's kind of, kind of diff- more difficult in the winter, but I managed to um, this past winter, but I never really tried before then. So we have listeners in 85 countries, Gabrielle. So when you say not that cold, what temperatures are we talking about approximately? I found that this past winter, it was not much colder than maybe negative five degrees Celsius very frequently. Right. 
It usually mm-hmm. tends to be around zero degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's not super cold. Well, certainly as Canadians, we don't feel that that is super, super <laughs> cold. If you're from a different part of the world, you might think, whoa, that is really cold. I guess I meant to say that it wasn't negative 30 Celsius at any point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find that it gives you a kind of focus when you joggle like this? Like, And I'm, I'm thinking of in relation to the mindfulness. I would imagine, for me, it would f- give me a focus in one direction as I'm running that, and I don't mean one literal direction, but I just mean my mind focusing on, on something. Is that what you find or is your experience different? I find that when I'm joggling versus one that I'm, when I'm running, mm-hmm. I focus on different things. So for example, when you're running, the way that you use your arms is much different than you would use them for joggling. Joggling, you have to be juggling your balls. While as you run, you can use them to kind of propel yourself forward. So if I want to run faster while I'm joggling, I have to focus on how I'm moving my legs. Okay. In terms of what I'm doing with the balls, I don't really think about it that much. Right. For example, I don't look directly at them when I'm doing it. They're kind of, I look straight ahead so I can see my surroundings. Um, and they're more in my, the peripheral of my vision, so I know where they are, but I'm not looking directly at them most of the time. Right. I imagine this must be very good for your brain as it develops. And I'm not a scientist, but it only would make sense. Do you know anything about this aspect of it? Um, I am a scientist, but not that kind, so no. Right. <laughs> yeah. It must make you feel very centered, I would think. Let's talk about some of your other sports that you do. You say you've done swimming. Are you still involved in swimming sometimes? I usually try to swim a couple of times a week. I never really did that much competitive swimming, so nothing really that I've done to the same extent as running. Right. So do you do it mostly just because you enjoy it or because you're toning in a certain area or, you know, working on certain skills? Mostly because I enjoy it, but sometimes to have a different workout option. Right. Very good. So I'm, I'm very interested in, in more about joggling and as far as have you met a lot of other jogglers? I know being competitive, you must have met quite a few, but are there jogglers from many, many countries the world over, or is it mostly from one or two countries? Tell us more about that. In terms of countries, I think the only country that I've met other jogglers from are Canada, the United States, Germany, and Austria. Okay. That's about it, because the International Juggling Association, it's called international, but it's mainly um, U.S.-based. Okay. So they have a juggling championship, but most of the people there are Americans. Okay. A couple of years, there have been Austrians and German um, people participating. So I've met a couple of people there. In Canada, there are two other fairly good jogglers. One of them has a few world records. One of them, I don't think he has any world records, but he's run some pretty good time. One I met at IJA last year, it was in Quebec. Mm-hmm. The other one, I met him this summer, actually at a track meet in Hamilton, so a running event, but not a joggling event. Let's talk about the actual event where you received your award. I'd like to learn more. Tell us about when the event happened, what it was like, how exciting it was, and about your award. 
Okay, so the IJA Joggling Championships happen every year. They're okay. usually in July, and they're part of a week-long juggling festival organized by the IJA, which has quite a few different events, and juggling is one of them. Mm-hmm. It is usually run as a track meet, and a variety of people compete in juggling events. Distances at that meet range from the 100 meter to the mile or 1600 meter. Those distances are a little bit different. The mile is 9.3 meters longer than 1600 meter. Um, this year was the first year I actually did the real mile, so I have world records in both. Okay. And in terms of numbers of balls, I do three ball juggling. Um, the IJA also offers five ball and seven ball events. I'm hoping to be able to do some five ball stuff next year, but first I have to learn how to juggle five ball. Okay. Um, so that's the one event where I've gotten some of my shorter distance re- world records. I also have world records in the 5K and 10K. My 5K record is from last summer, July 5th. 2015 that was done at an event in Guelph Ontario that is kind of the continuation we've done this for a few years now of the original 5k race that I was challenged to Um, so 2013 was the first one we did 2014 2015 and then this year I didn't beat my 2015 time this year so I didn't get a new world record but it was a pretty difficult time to beat since the Guelph event isn't officially sanctioned like the IJA one is. In order to have an uh, officiated world record, I had to be videotaped while I was doing my 5K. Right. I did a similar thing in Burlington this summer, so June 4th, for a 10K. What I did there was um, my coach and I asked uh, Road Race permission for me to joggle a 10K at their event. And it was called the moon in June. It was in Burlington and they were actually very accommodating. So for example, the race people provided me with a team of cyclists who filmed my race. Uh-huh. I also got a five minute head start over the rest of the people who were running um, in the event, just so I would have, I guess like not people in my way and stuff while I was doing it. Okay. So it actually worked out pretty well. And I'm really thankful that they were so accommodating of what I needed. And is that one of the videos that's on YouTube? Um, that one's not on YouTube. The YouTube one is my 5K is on there, but the 10K is not. Mm-hmm. I do have a video of it, but I haven't gotten around to making my own YouTube account. The 5K one was made by a friend who makes videos a lot, so she posted that one. But the 10K one hasn't been made public yet. Okay, I see. Mindful Tribe, it would be so amazing to go online and see this joggling because it's it's really wonderful to watch. How can we find it on YouTube? The 5K one is posted by one of my friends named Maxine Gravina, so it would be on her YouTube channel. You might also be able to find it by searching my name, so Gabrielle Foran and 5K joggling or something like that. Right. I think that's how I found it. And yeah, I was amazed. I thought it was just incredible. Do you think that you'll continue this, even if you're not doing it competitively? Do you think you'll just keep it up for fun as you as you get older? I think so because I enjoy doing it and I have every plan to keep running for as long as I can. So I'm thinking that juggling is going to be a part of that. 
when you're juggling around your community, do you find you get a lot of stares from people or people are surprised when they see you doing this? Yes, I find I do get quite a few comments in most of the places where I've tried doing juggling. The weirdest thing is actually when I'm not juggling and people, I guess, recognize me from as being the person who does it. Right. So, for example, one thing that happened last fall was I was going for a run. I wasn't juggling or anything. I was just running. And another person who was running commented, like, where are you juggling for? (laughs) You just didn't look right without those balls in your hands. I guess not. (laughs) And then something even, I guess, more strange is when I was coming back from my trip to Texas, which is where I did the IJ Juggling Championships this year, on the airplane when I was getting, as the plane was, like, deboarding, one other person on the plane asked me if I was the person who juggled and ran 10K in Burlington. <laughs> I guess he just, <laughs> oh, wow. like, recognized me from that. Like, he was someone who was at the event. Right. So approximately how many people would be participating at the IGA? The juggling event this year was fairly small. I think there were 15 to 20 participants. Some of the other years that I've gone where it's been larger, it's been closer to 40. And do you think this is a growing sport? Are more people becoming involved? I'm not really sure. The majority of the people who do it at IJA are not competitive jugglers. They are mainly jugglers who either might might train a bit for that event or just want to do it while they're at the festival kind of thing. And amongst my friends who are runners, not that many of them seem to be interested in trying juggling. So I don't know. I think people are a bit intimidated by it because it looks hard. Yes. But really, if you can juggle three balls, it doesn't take very long to learn. And how long did it take you to learn to juggle three balls? When I first learned how to juggle three balls, it maybe took me about two weeks practicing a half hour to an hour a day. If you really are focused on learning and want to do it as short as possible, you could probably learn within a day or two. Right. And I think you said earlier that the five ball and seven ball are both types of juggling that you haven't, uh, of juggling that you haven't done. Is that right? You haven't done them at all, or you just haven't learned to develop the skill well enough to do it while running? Um, Right now I'm practicing to learn how to juggle five balls. I can't do it well enough yet to try to incorporate running. I've never even tried seven balls. And do you just learn on your own or do you have a coach help you with that? Or do you go on YouTube? What do you do to learn how to do this? I don't have a juggling coach. I only have a running coach. Um, For the juggling, I do have um, friends who juggle. None of them actually live in the same city as me right now. But I have talked to them and I do see them on a fairly regular basis. So it's Mm -hmm. primarily that I'm not really the type of person to like go on YouTube to learn how to do something. Sure. So it's just basically practicing. Right. I've got to hand it to you. I think it really must take a lot of passion. Like you have a lot of passion to want to do it in the first place. And now you just keep expanding, you know, going to five ball and, and then eventually possibly to seven ball. And it must be something that you just immensely enjoy. I do enjoy it. Yeah. We talked about the fact that I've worked in bullying prevention and done that for quite some time. And I'm just wondering, Gabrielle, if you have a story that involves bullying, either when you were a child, as an adult, where mindfulness would have really made a difference. 
One example that I thought of was something that I saw happen while I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So there was this one day, this happened when I was in grade 12, where I was in the hallway at high school, and this was the beginning of the day before classes had started. And I saw this group of um, girls who were in grade 9 um, mm-hmm. making some kind of unkind comments about another girl who was in their class. Right. And ironically, this happened basically the day after the school had had a kind of like anti-bullying assembly. Right. And I went up and talked to them about it, that what they're saying wasn't appropriate and that we had just had the assembly like the previous day. And how did they respond to that? I know at that moment they stopped doing what they were doing. I don't know if I made a lasting impression on them or not, but I think they really just should have, especially since we had just had that assembly, thought more clearly about what they were doing. Absolutely. Well, way to go for going up and speaking up and and just kind of just giving them a heads up that you noticed and that you didn't think it was a good thing to be doing. That's that's really good. And if I think if more people did that, it would be a better world. I think a lot of times people are, you know, they hold back, they're afraid, you know, we have we have fear sometimes about doing some of these things, stepping out. And it sounds like you you just kind of go for things. You go for whatever you feel like doing, like the swimming and the running and the joggling. And do you ever have any fears that hold you back, Gabrielle? Um, yes. I actually don't really like asking people stuff if I don't absolutely have to. So, right. for example, right now I'm doing my PhD in chemistry. Mm-hmm. And... I'm doing my PhD in a topic that's, I guess, substantially enough different from what I did my master's in. So coming into it, I didn't really have a lot of experience in my actual field of research. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, a lot of the experiments or stuff that I'd have to know to get my work done, I didn't know how to do. But I was kind of, I guess, nervous or embarrassed about asking other people who I work with how to do things. So what I do instead is actually just try to figure it out by myself. Sometimes that works and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you just realize it would have been a lot simpler and would have taken a lot less time if you had just went and asked someone how to do something. Right. Sometimes that's held me back. You know, that fear of asking something that I think I should already know, but I don't. You know, so I, I can certainly identify with that, Gabrielle. My next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first okay. one. Who's one person who has influenced you in your your mindfulness or maybe influenced you in your joggling to get involved in something that really requires so much focus? Probably my biggest influence in joggling is My friend, Mike, he's the one who initially challenged me to that 5K jogging race. So if it weren't for him, I probably would never have discovered the sport at all. And is he still joggling? He's primarily a juggler. He does do a bit of juggling. So, for example, he's competed at the IJ juggling, um, juggling the past couple of years. And he also still does the Guelph juggling 5K. So do you think mindfulness 
and juggling as well has affected your emotions? Do you think it's made a change in, in your emotions? I don't know if it's really made that significant of a change because it's a similar enough activity to running, which I already did for several years before getting involved with juggling. Because I find that I can reach the same kind of emotional state that I can with running when I juggle. So it's really just a different way to get to the same place. Yeah, are you are you conscious of the breathing that you do? Do you do special breathing exercises, or is this something that you don't even think about? It's mostly something that I don't really think about. Something that my coach has, I guess, told me before is that apparently while I'm running or I guess while I'm joggling, she says that it looks like I'm only breathing through my nose, whereas apparently I guess other people breathe through their nose and their mouth. I think that I breathe through my mouth like a bit, but really I actually try not to because something that I noticed when I first started running was that if you breathe through your mouth, your mouth gets like really dry and that's not comfortable. So I kind of actually try to stay away from doing a lot of that. I've heard some runners say they like to breathe in through their nose and out through their mouth, but you just, you just breathe mostly then through your nose, it sounds like. Yeah, that's what I try to do. I'm sure like my mouth is involved a bit, especially if I'm like running harder, but not my main focus. Sure. Yeah, sure. If you could recommend a book related to all of this, what would that be? I haven't read that many running books, but Mm -hmm. when I first thought about this question, I actually what came to mind is a book that I read recently about good practices in teaching. Mm-hmm. It is called What the Best College Teachers Do by Ken Bain. And why I thought it would be a good book to exemplify mindfulness is because the premise of the book is it's an analysis of what some highly regarded college professors from the United States do as teachers and how those practices are connected to how people learn and how someone could take that knowledge and incorporate it into developing a teaching practice. And one comment that the author made that I found kind of really tied into this was that he was a professor too, and he looked back one day, apparently he found some note that he wrote when he was preparing for his first time ever teaching a university course. And how his note was as simple as, oh, what textbook will I use? And, how will I test the students? Whereas several years later, as he's um, researching all these other educators, he realizes that what they're doing is so much more involved than the thought that he had as a beginning instructor. Right. Fascinating. That sounds like a really great book to check out. So thanks for that. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? I don't really use any apps, actually. Sure. No For me, I find that, I don't know, it's somehow like more work to go on to like your phone or your computer to like look for these apps and use them. I know a lot of people who are like really into apps to do stuff. Like, for example, this is mainly people who aren't really runners, but I guess want to do it more for like fitness, how they have these right. apps that tell them like their pace and stuff and music and like encouragement to keep going. But that's never been something that I really looked into I guess I've just been doing it for so many years that it's something that I like naturally usually like feel motivated to do and that I just like feel weird if I don't do kind of thing right I guess for me for mindfulness I think more about goal setting which I generally do either just like in my mind or maybe write it down or maybe talk to someone about it but I've never really done that much with apps with regards to um, my mindset when I'm running or juggling 
Right. It sounds like it just comes naturally to you, Gabrielle. That's, I think that's it's wonderful. already a habit at this point. So using an app right. is just more work. Right. Sure. So what advice would you give a person who's new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start becoming more focused in their life? I would probably just tell them to think about things that they do often or even things they enjoy doing and um, to consider how they prepare to do those things, um, what they think about while they're doing it, how they, how they feel, what physical motions are they going through while they're doing it. And if they can get into thinking about that, maybe they can start applying the same ideas to tasks that they're maybe less comfortable with or um, enjoy less and maybe think about how those can be more become um, maybe more positive experiences for them. That's good advice. That's good advice. I have really enjoyed talking with you, Gabrielle, and I, I find this sport fascinating. And I, I just love how motivated you are, not only with the, the joggling, but your running and everything else that you're doing. And then you're studying at the same time, earning your degree. I mean, this is really fantastic. It's been great talking with you. And I want to thank you very, very much for uh, being on the show. And I know that we can go on YouTube. Is there any other way that someone could connect with you? Say if there's a listener who would like to learn more about joggling or would like to just learn a little bit more about how you got into it. I guess probably the easiest way without giving out like personal contact information Sure. would be, I do have a Twitter account, but I don't really have any other social media stuff. Sure. So my, um, Twitter, I guess, handle thing is foreign concepts. So it's foreign spelled F-O-R-A-N, which is my last name. So it's kind of a plan words and concepts spelled normally. Okay. And it doesn't have an S on the end, does it? No, it's singular. Just foreign concept. Yeah. yeah foreign concept. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for that. I'm, I'm sure that, that some of us would love to connect with you on Twitter. And uh, again, thanks very much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for um, inviting me. You're welcome. Bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.